This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the first ever Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. As you might gather, I'm not from America. Um, Some of you may know me as Irish John, John from Ireland. And this is my first podcast for The Blaze. Firstly, I have to shout out and give a big thank you to everyone who made this possible. Uh, I want to thank from the bottom of my heart, Dom, Jonathan, Glenn and all the team for this opportunity. I am beyond honoured, humbled and incredibly excited to get this platform to speak to everyone who tunes in about the greatness of America. And I also have to give a special thanks to Catherine. She played a huge role behind the scenes in actually making this podcast happen and get it off the ground. I want to, I am on Twitter a lot, um, freedom at freedom disciple. You can uh, follow me there, interact with me. Um, One thing I try and do that maybe makes me different from others is that I want to engage with everyone as much as possible. I want you to tell me where I'm wrong or where you disagree with me. I am not here to tell you anything about your country or the way it should be. I'm here to engage in a dialogue, share the way I see it, give you the facts that support it, and then have a a discussion, ongoing discussion, and see how we go and make America great again. I suppose I may as well start. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this. Just give you a brief history about me and who I am and... I don't want to give you my CV because it'll bore you and it'll bore me telling you, but I've been very blessed to, on many platforms, share my vision of America, what made it great. I've done this in writing. I've been truly honoured to to write for The Blaze, uh, for sites like uh, YoungPatriots.com, Gen Fringe, Patriot Update, Western Journalism, Eagle Rising, Frontline Blogs. So I've written for a lot of sites. Um, I'm now the managing editor of a new exciting site called LibertyCanonMedia.com and I also write for that site as well. Um, It's new, it's giving new writers an opportunity. Um, I've also done podcasts, I am the co-host of a radio show on We Are America Radio called The Intersection on a Saturday Night um, where we speak about faith, current events, politics. I will speak anywhere um, about your nation, so I will do anything. I will go to any platform, on any show. I suppose the next thing I want to do is just share my history and why I have this love for America. I say I'm not an American citizen, I'm not even living in America, I am currently in Ireland. I was very blessed as a kid that when I was about seven, eight or maybe even nine, I got to travel to America and the reason I say I was blessed is because travel back then, especially in places like Ireland and Europe, isn't like it was today where you just jump on a plane and everyone has been abroad and everyone has travelled someplace. Um, back in the late 80s, um, it wasn't common. It wasn't even common for an Irish person to get on a flight to England, let alone to America. So, as you can imagine, uh, an eight or a nine-year-old boy going over to a totally different culture, different weather, different climate, different sports, um, I was impressionable, and I fell in love with your nation from day one. Uh, I still remember, and I speak very fondly of, 
if you can uh, if you've ever been to Ireland or you know the climate of Europe where it's cold and it's wet and it's miserable my f- I'll never forget my first moment in your country was getting off the flight in Tampa and this waft of warm air hitting me in my face I can still feel it today even though it's 20 20 f- plus years ago um, so and I got to visit and the reason I went to Florida was my family was there my aunt lived in Clearwater um, and over the coming years I visited her several times and I got to know your culture I fell in love different climate as I said warm weather which is not what an Irish person is used to uh, different sports got to learn about baseball American football and I just fell in love with your people with your culture with your food um, everything and then as I became a teenager and a young adult I got to travel by myself and I got to travel further afield my holidays as a kid was mainly in Clearwater because to stay with my aunt um, I got to go to different cities I got to go to New York I got to go to Detroit Chicago LA Texas I love Texas it's it's my home away from home um, and where I would love to eventually live one day but Again, my love for your country became a lot deeper. It became deeper because I started to learn about your history. I started to learn about great, your great icons from the past. I got to learn about your constitution, your Bill of Rights, your Declaration of Independence. And I just fell in love. And it made me question everything I knew about the world. And my love affair has continued ever since. And... As I, every day I wake up, I fall in love with America for a different reason. And that's not just saying that, that is genuinely true. But what makes America great is your people. Your people are incredible. You know, far be it from me to, to say why America is special. And I'm going to tell you many reasons over the, the coming weeks and hopefully months with this show. But, you know, the simple truth is Ronald Reagan summed the way I feel up about America perfectly with the old story he used to tell where he said that two Cubans were talking to a couple of Americans and they had fled the the evil Castro regime and the two Americans turned to each other and said wow we're so lucky to live in America and the land of the free and the two Cubans said to him you're lucky we're lucky we have somewhere to run to that is the way I feel America is special, America is unique, and America is just wonderful. And it's somewhere, it's my lifelong dream to become an American citizen. And it's somewhere that I can run to. And whether people like this or it offends people or it upsets them, the simple truth is, without America, the world as we know it ceased to exist. America is the beacon of light, hope, and freedom for the rest of the world or at least it was so what are the aims for this show well the first thing if I do nothing else I want to be a cheerleader for your country an ugly cheerleader I will admit but a cheerleader nonetheless we are at a time in history where we must fight oppression tyranny of all sorts But it's not just fighting it, it's how we fight it. I think we need to look at ourselves in the mirror every day and ask ourselves, what do we truly stand for? What principles 
do we want to espouse and promote? So I'm going to start with principle number one, right from the get-go. I do not believe in shutting people up. I support more voices, not less. I don't care whether that voice is a communist, a socialist, a capitalist, a corporatist, whatever term you want to call people. I believe in more voices, not less. So I hate when I hear people, American citizens, sometimes your politicians go, America sucks. I hate America. And they talk about all the reasons why Americans are bigots or racists or every other term you want to talk about. I don't want to shut those people up. But what I do intend to do is add my voice as a, to a chorus to not shut them up, but to drown them out. Because I truly believe that I'm going to try and speak with facts. I'm going to speak about your history. But I'm going to speak with passion. And I'm going to speak with a lot of love for your nation. And I believe with passion and love will always overcome hate. I'm going to talk an awful lot about sayings. Because I love sayings. Because they're just great. Because they're snapshots of history. But to sum up why I want to be a cheerleader... Ronald Reagan once again summed it up. I love Ronald Reagan, so I apologize if that's going to annoy certain people who listen. He said in 1992, one of my aims, and it's been my aim for five, six years. No matter what else is said about me in history, I hope it will remember that I appeal to your best hopes and not your worst fears, to your confidences rather than your doubts. That has been one of my aims for a long time. I want to share why America is special. I don't think it is heard enough today why you are truly a special and unique nation. My second aim is I'm a Christian, so I'm going to speak about faith. Not religion, faith a lot. And one of my favorite gospels or books in the Bible is John's Gospel. And his first chapter sums up and gets a lot of my thinking, the way I look at the world today. Where he says that there was a man named John, and he was sent by God. But he was sent to testify to the light, not be the light himself. I ask you today, look around at the world. How many people do you see in politics, in religion, or just in daily life, who claim to say, I am the light. Barack Obama is one of them. When he got elected, oh, when I get elected, you know, the, the seas will stop rising, the globe will, will, the, the, the globe will stop warming, and peace on earth will reign. Anytime you think a person, I don't care whether they're Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, anytime you think a person is the light, you're on to lose. You're on the losing side. The light in this case that John's gospel was talking about was God. But I will go one step further. The light for America is not a politician. It is your constitution, your declaration of independence, your bill of rights. But most importantly, your founders knew this. It's the first three words of your constitution. Your people. America is great because of its people. So I want to 
talk to you today about a lot of issues. I want to lay the groundwork for upcoming shows. Because I see the world slightly different to a lot of other people. I don't think the battle that we are all in today is a battle that is the way it's described in mainstream media. I don't see it as a battle of Democrat versus Republican. I don't see it as a battle versus left versus right, conservative versus liberal, Tea Party versus socialist, or any other battle. I see the political spectrum very different. I think there are three groups of people, two on the fringes and one vast majority, even though that vast majority disagree on issues. Let me explain. I see there are people on what you would call the progressive left, the socialist, the communist, the Marxist, the Leninists, any word you want to describe them, it suits. I think they're the utopian statist. That is a term Aristotle used first. He used them to coin the term statist. And a statist is very simple. They believe that their job is the promotion of the state. You will, if you talk to a utopian statist, you will never find an issue, a challenge, a problem in society that they don't think government has a duty, a responsibility, or a need to fix. They have never met a problem they think government shouldn't be involved in. That is their aim. They are on the vast, vast minority of Americans. Then you have the other side, again on the vast, vast minority, who are the anarchists, so we say. They don't believe in any government whatsoever. To some of these folks, what you had, the Articles Confederation, were probably radical. They don't believe in any government whatsoever. You will never find an issue they say government is involved in. And then you have everyone else on the spectrum. And this spectrum isn't a left or right spectrum. It's an up or a down spectrum. And what you debate on every issue, whether it be gun control, abortion, climate change, taxes, education, you will fall on different parts of this spectrum of how much government you want to have involved it's a debate, and it's a debate we should engage in with everyone, whether they class themselves as Democrats or Republicans. Because here's the thing I have found out, and I used to be part of the problem, I will admit this from the get-go. I used to class myself as a Republican. Then, around 2007, I classed myself as a Reagan conservative. And the problem with when you identify is you put yourself in a box, and you're always at loggerheads with other people and I truly believe we need to focus on uniting on principles not policies principles not division I gotta take a quick commercial break everyone I'll be right back don't go anywhere Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand The Blaze Radio Network Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. My house is strewn with just things my wife decided she wanted to do and then didn't follow through on. My mom was, same thing. My dad put up with this stuff and my mom was prolific with failed hobbies. I mean, when it comes to failed hobbies, she was quite a success. She was, I mean, if her hobby is failed hobbies, 
She stuck to it. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for staying right here with me, America. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast, and I'm your host, Jonathan Dunn. As I said at the start of the show, I'm only just giving you my opinion based on the facts as the way I see them. Uh, I want to interact with each and every one of you if possible. I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple. Tell me where you think I'm right, where I think I'm wrong, and let's have a debate. As I was saying before our break, the way I see the political spectrum today is not left versus right. It's the utopian statists, the anarchists, no government people, and the folks in the middle who will debate on issues on principle, whether government should be involved in what type of government, state, federal, or local. There's an old saying that I'm sure you've all heard of, um, follow the money. Well, if you want to ever look at a political debate, follow the power. It really is a a battle of who to empower. Do you want to empower the government? Or do you want to empower the people? And when I say the government, it's, it's not always such a bad thing. Because government can be defined in many ways. It's not always the federal government. I believe in federalism and the Tenth Amendment very strongly. It's one of the reasons... And I'll get into that in another show about the Convention of States. But it is one of the things that makes America great. That you are a United States. That you are individual states. But you come together with a federal government. It's one of the many reasons I think America has had so much success. And the Tenth Amendment is a big part of that. But also today, when you see the statists. They now have used, and this started under Woodrow Wilson. The Supreme Court. You now have judicial activism. So it's always who is going to be empowered by a certain decision. Whether it's taxes, whether it's spending, whether it's gun control. And that's the way I see the society. I belong in the middle. I don't believe in anarchy. And I do not believe in total government. I will speak to you about different government programs over the coming weeks because... Quite bluntly, I am the proof that socialism, communism, whatever word you want to use, doesn't work. I live in a utopia. I live in Ireland. We are heavily socialist. We proclaim to the world very proudly we have one of the best progressive income taxes going. I can tell you about unemployment. I can tell you about poverty. And I'm going to speak to you about these over the coming weeks and months. But before we do that, I think we need to offer a snapshot of history and of why America is great. There's a famous saying out there, again, I apologise if sayings annoy you, but I believe they offer a great snapshot of history. And it's been accredited to many different people. Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. You can credit Edmund Burke, you can uh, credit Winston Churchill, or you can credit Aristotle. We need to know our history. And not just our history of America, but our history of the world. I said to you at the start of this show, America is unique. America is special. America is different. That's not just my opinion, that's a fact. 
if you were to, depending on what way you want to do it, write down the history of the world, plot them in a graph of every country that has ever existed and the type of government they had, whether it be a king, a queen, a monarch, a dictator, a republic, a democracy, whatever word you want to use for different governments. America would be an outlier. America is the exception, not the rule. There only has been one America. So whether you like America, like if you're a conservative, or whether you're a liberal and you have major problems with America, there is no denying, factually, America is different. America is unique. Today, the world, I believe, is at war. And it's at war in many different ways. But there's one war and it's silent. And it's arguably the most deadly. You know, there's a lot of things we'll be discussing in upcoming weeks. The Iran deal. The threat of global terrorism. As And I can give you a different account of that. Because being in Europe, I see different attitudes. Um, I'm seeing the Red Chinese yet again on the move. I'm seeing terrorist groups like Hezbollah and Hamas. Even though they don't get coverage, they're still there. Everyone seems to be focused on ISIS today. But I think the world is at a bigger war. And all these different fractions will play a big part in it. And this war is about control. I believe today we must stand against all types of tyranny. Whether they are a socialist utopia that I live in, or communist in Russia, a theocracy in Iran, terrorism in the Middle East with Hamas, Hezbollah, Boko Haram, ISIS, ISIL, whatever way you want to call it, ISIS is the right term by the way, uh, communism in China, a deadly dictator in North Korea. We need to stand against every form of tyranny that is involved in the world today. And that's not including the what you'd probably call anarchist governments or dangerous, one of the most dangerous countries in the world, Somalia. Uh, places in Central America we need to stand against them all but it is not enough today to stand against something and this is why I have so much hope for the American people because I see an awakening coming we must not just stand against tyranny we must stand for freedom for the individual we must stand for your founding principles This war will not be fought in technology, won't be fought over resources, won't be fought on land. This war will be fought in the hearts and minds. You look at how your government treats you. How do you respond? You look at all the control your government has over you. The NSA, the IRS... It's now involved in your healthcare with Obamacare, Medicare. It's now getting involved in pensions. I challenge anyone today, name one aspect of your life you're truly free. Government is involved in everything, whether it be legislatively, regulations, Supreme Court, any way you're 
government is involved in some way. And we need to plot a way out of that. And plot a way forward. A new way forward. And when we say it's a new way, it's not really a new way. All the answers, based on principle, your founders gave you. In your Declaration of Independence, your Constitution and your Bill of Rights. I always ask this question for liberals and for communists or socialists, every who I talk to. Because they go, oh, John, you live in Ireland, you're in a free country. You can do anything you want. You know, No one's telling you when you can and can't walk. If I bring you into a candy store and all the bars of chocolates are there. But I say you can only have a Mars or a Snickers and you're free to choose. Is that real freedom? Because that's the type of government you live under America. I live under in Ireland. We are not free. We should be, but we're not. Our governments regulate everything we do. From the car we can purchase, to the insurance we can purchase, to the toilet we can use, to the amount of water we can use and what the conditions are, to what products we can buy, to what the products must display. Government today is involved in everything. America used to be about freedoms. And please God, one day it will be again. But I'd ask you just to think about something. I remember a time, and this wasn't that long ago, maybe 2004, 2005, where certain policies were considered extreme. And if you said it to the average American, we'd go, that never happened here, John. That's We're America. We're free. China's one-child policy and the Nordic countries' place in a cap on earnings where you can only earn so much and everything else you earn goes straight to the government at 100%. There was a time when they'd be radical in America. Are they radical today? Do you think you live in a country that would say, nah, we wouldn't say you can only have one child? Look at the climate change people, the global warming or the climate chaos or whatever it's called these days. They're now saying in certain quarters that the world is overpopulated. The climate advisor to the Pope of the Catholic Church said we're overpopulated by 7 billion. Now maybe that's a bit extreme for certain people in America, but you're overpopulated. So why wouldn't they push a limit on the amount of children you can have? After all, you're only saving the earth. It's for, for the good of everyone, isn't it? And now today you have Bernie Sanders running under the Democratic Party as a socialist. He doesn't even deny it. And he's talking about the Nordic model of greatness. These are the things America must deal with. And we must meet these challenges head on, face first. But before I continue, there's one thing that needs to stop. And I'm begging you, America. This is a small thing, but that can be easily fixed. And I'm going to do everything I can to play a part in this. You need to bring your politicians back to earth. And you need to make them respect you. And it's on both sides of the aisle. The time for politicians 
regardless of your your politics, your ideology, your beliefs, of saying the American people are racists, the American people are bigots, that you didn't build that, that, well, American people are just not as fertile as illegal immigrants, that your culture is harmful, and look how you're treated when you dare go against the ruling class in D.C., by all sides. You're called an extremist, an ideologue, a wacko bird, or the newest one of the thing, you're crazy. It is time we engage in a dialogue, respectful one, but to say, it's time for this to stop. It's time for you, the politician, to understand your role. You work for us. You serve us and at our discretion. I don't care whether you're a liberal, Democrat, a conservative, a Republican. It's time to stop talking about your fellow human, your fellow American with such disrespect. And start seeing your brothers and your sisters. But there's one lie out there that gets spouted time and time and time again about the American people and it's that you're greedy you're selfish and you're self-centered anytime Barack Obama or the Republicans go we need to raise taxes and increase spending well those greedy millionaires and billionaires and these American people you're just so selfish you don't care about the poor people I challenge you to present them the facts. The facts that say, indisputably, the American people are the most generous people on God's green earth. You look as a disaster, home or abroad. You look at the floods, the disaster, in the, the storms in Oklahoma a couple of months ago. You look at the disaster in Haiti. The Dazami in Japan, anywhere there's a natural disaster or terrorism, who's one of the first set of people to help? The American government through taxation, but also the American people through charities, through corporations. You're not greedy, you're not selfish. You just believe in a simple principle that what I earn is my own and what I do with it is up to me. I'm a free person. But I will give to people I see that are needy. I will help people where I can. You are the most generous people. You are a great people. I beg you, please stand up to these politicians and make them know their role. i got to take another quick break, America. I'll be right back. Please stay right here. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. You realize the moment anyone in the mainstream media mentions any physical characteristic of any candidate, that means all of the physical characteristics of all of the candidates on both sides of the aisle become fair game. You mock Donald Trump's hair? You mock is Hillary's buttocks. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. 
Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for staying with me, America. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Dunn. As I said earlier on, I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple. I want, I'd love you to follow me, engage with me, debate me, tell me where I'm wrong, tell me where you have a different opinion, and let's have a debate and let's get them, let's get one started. What are the answers to the problems of society today? What can we change? Anytime I ask this to people, I usually get two answers and not much else. We need to vote, John. We need to vote people out of office. We need to get conservative candidates, Tea Party people in there to replace them. And we need to pray. And anytime I hear those answers, my soul kind of cringes because I'm always waiting for something else to be added I'm always waiting for an action it troubles me when I talk to people vote and pray I talk to Christians they go vote and pray they seem to think that there's no action involved that that's it that you vote every two years or every year or every six years and you get your new candidate and or vote for president every four years and that's your duty done you go to your local tea party and that's your duty done I don't believe it is whether it's fair, right, just I think we all have a duty and a responsibility to do a hell of a lot more we need to be the answer for freedom we need to promote everywhere we can the answers, the principles of freedom, of love, of hope, of charity. One of the problems I see in the world today, and I see it on so many levels, is everyone knows what they're against. And so few know what they are for. They know what they don't like. And this happens on all education levels. They know when they see things, I don't like that, I don't think government should be doing that. But they don't know how it should be done. And that is a discussion we all need to have. I believe this world needs a revolution. But a revolution of ideas. We need to look at everything we do and everything we stand for and question everything. Because here's the way I see a lot of problems that are created that we see in the world today. I see so many governments standing against a dictator or an evil terrorist. And they focus on everything they stand against. And what happens? They finally get rid of that terrorist dictator or government. And they get overthrown. And then it creates a vacuum. And anything can go into that vacuum. It could be the exact same regime. Just under a different name or a different leader. It could be a lot worse regime. But we never give it the option to be something better. Because all we know is what we stand against and not what we stand for and what principles we promote. 
That is our job. One of the many reasons, and I'm going to talk to you about every reason I know in the upcoming shows, I love America, is because, as I said at the start of the show, it's a fact America is an outlier. You are unique and you are different. But one of those many reasons is, is your declaration of independence. I would ask you this weekend, or when you have a few free minutes, to have an honest discussion in your head or with someone else. That if the Declaration of Independence was to be written today, August 1st, 2015, what would it look like? Would it read anything like your Declaration of Independence? Or would it read more like a Declaration of Independence from other countries? And let me just use one as an example. Ireland. Would it be like every other Declaration of Independence that just said what it stood against? Would it list the offences first and say, I'll give you today's examples, we stand against Obama and his unconstitutional, I have a pen and I have a phone. We stand against the IRS targeting of conservatives. We stand against the Supreme Court rulings on gay marriage and Obamacare. We stand against the NSA and warrantless wiretaps and every other issue that you stand against. Or would you include what you stood for? Your declaration of independence, your revolution was unique because it didn't start with the list of offences against the crown. It started off with what you believed in. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Your revolution was different. It started by talking about rights. By what we are for. Not what we are against. Sure they got to it. And they listed their offences against the crown. But let's compare that with the Irish Revolution. Because it always amazes me. So many Americans seem to have this great idea that Irish were freedom fighters. Ireland was never a freedom fighting nation. It was never a freedom loving nation. I'm sorry but that is just the truth. What was Irish Revolution about? We want home rule. We want an Ireland ruled by Irishmen. Obviously there was other issues but that was one of the big teams. See, for Ireland at its revolution, it didn't matter that it was under tyranny or under what you today call socialism rules. It didn't matter. That didn't matter. That didn't come into the equation. It was just that we think an Irishman should rule an Irishman. Not about freedom. Not about tyranny. None of that mattered. Just about that, well, if the person was born in the same country as me, you know, that makes them okay. They could be a tyrant, but once he's Irish, I'm okay with that. That's why America was different. How we change this world is by standing for something. But also understanding what is important. One of the things I love about your Declaration of Independence, and there are many, is the way it's signed off. What way is your Declaration of Independence signed off? We pledge to each other our lives 
our fortunes and our sacred honour. We know to your founders life was important because that's the first right they gave. We know our fortunes because, well, you know, they were all greedy, rich and millionaires and billionaires, John, right? No, that's irrelevant. They knew fortunes and private property and free market capitalism was important. But they used one word with an adjective. They said our sacred honour. We need to have honour. We need to have principles. We need to stand for something. And the proof of this is ingrained in your culture, whether you know it or not. And I'll give you one example right now to think about. Go to an average kid in high school today and ask them the following two questions to show you how much importance honour was in your society. Ask them firstly, hey kids, do you know what ben- who Benedict Arnold is? Most people will. Ask him, why do you know him? Or what did he do? Or what was he famous for? What did he create? What did he invent? What did he do? And see how many people know the answer. Honour is so important. Your country is great because your American citizens are good people. You harnessed the individual more than any other country in the history of the world. And my God, look at your success. It is a recipe that the rest of the world should follow. Its results are clear for all to see. Heck you, Stephen, mock people. How many people know what's written on your Statue of Liberty? You used to mock Europe with your Statue of Liberty. As Emerald Ladders has wrote, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. Because America knew the power of the individual. America knew that all the folks in Midland Europe and Eastern Europe who weren't up to the class system or weren't up of up good enough upbringing or didn't have enough money or didn't have enough education, you knew the power of the individual. That if those folks came over to America and was given opportunity and they created opportunity, they could achieve anything they want. That is the America and the America dream. That is what your country and most importantly your people are capable of. Your founders knew this. Do you know why your founders used the first three words of the constitution they used? We the people. Because they knew that is what will make America great. That is what will make us different. They didn't start off, we the president, or I the president, or we the congress, or we the supreme court, or we the ruling class. They set you off on a different path. They said, no, the individual, the people, freedom. Freedom wins in the end. Freedom will always win. Because people, deep down in their heart, regardless of their political ideology, yearn to be free. And if you don't believe this, look carefully at the communists. They even know the power of freedom. They talk about being free from the bourgeoisie, the capitalists, free from the greedy people. They know the power and the, of the message of freedom. We need to harness that message.
and speak to everyone we can about the greatness of it. Simply put, for all of my lifetime and hopefully going forward, America is the counterweight of freedom for the rest of the world. It is about what is possible. I am here to testify to you one thing and I will tell anybody this at any time whether they like it or not. There is nothing wrong with America today that Americans can't fix. That is the simple truth. I want to close out this segment on one little small issue that I see that we can overcome very quickly today. Everyone talks about poverty in the world. Oh, the poor people on food stamps and the poor people can't get this. I want to speak to you for two minutes about a poverty I see today that you can fix overnight and the people can be part of fixing. That poverty is of dreams, of ambition, of a better tomorrow. How many people do you know, and maybe you're one of them, who think today is as good as it gets. America's best days are behind her. That tomorrow won't be any better. That we have all these problems. We have the financial crisis in Greece, in Europe, in Iran, in the Middle East. That tomorrow is over. It's pointless. We need to start dreaming again. We need to start dreaming about overcoming these issues and a better tomorrow. We need to start dreaming and encouraging people that anything is possible. That the only limit you have in life is the one you set yourself. We need to tell people that the folks who say they can and the folks who say they cannot are both usually right. But that you can change the world. You can make a difference. It might not be a big difference, but you can. I want to close out this segment with one of my last quotes, I promise. And it's from a movie from Hollywood. It's an old one, but you all know it. Pretty Woman. I know, why is he quoting Pretty Woman? Because something was very powerful in that. Welcome to Hollywood. Watch your dream. Everyone comes here. This is Hollywood. Land of dreams. Some dreams come true. Some don't. But keep on dreaming. This is Hollywood. Always time to dream. So keep on dreaming. No big dream comes true. Without dreaming big. It's time to go home. Or go big or go home America. I'll be right back. Please stay with me. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. America WK with your host, Andrew WK. Really have never liked admitting when I haven't been feeling top notch. I won't even use the word sickness. I don't like to even say that, even to myself in private. But I'm telling you this now to try to encourage a little more vulnerability in myself, to let go of that kind of pride in never feeling less than 100%. America WK, Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon on the Blaze Radio Network. 
This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for staying with me, America. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast, our first podcast, and hopefully the future of many, many to come. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple. Follow me, tweet me, tell me where you think I'm right, where you think I'm wrong, where we disagree, and let's have a debate. I finished the last segment talking about dreams. I think dreams are so important. Dreaming of a better future. If you dream it, it can happen. Dreams become reality. I want to follow on this segment by addressing something similar to dreams, but addressing it in a different way. One of the things I take great encouragement from and inspiration from is the past and specifically American history. Your history is so rich, so vast. You know, again, it's just my opinion, but in 200 short years, your history is so much more magnificent than any other period in in the rest of the world, in my opinion. There's so much good, so much bad, and yes, there is bad, and we can address them over the coming weeks, things like Dred Scott, Obamacare, slavery, segregation, Um, There are bad things in American history, but there are so much more good, and that's what I take inspiration from. I want to focus today, in this last segment with you, something deeply troubling, and it's, it's connected to lack of dreams. But I believe today there are so many American people who are succumbing to the naysayers. To the people who say, you can't make a difference, you didn't build us, you can't change society, just vote and pray and everything else will look after itself and that's the way it goes. Today, so many are believing they can't change it, they feel powerless. We need to shake that. We need to educate people on your history. We need to empower them to feel they can make a change. We need to encourage them. And we need to inspire a new generation. Inspire new revolution of ideas. And inspire a better future. Why do people listen to naysayers today? Is naysayers just a new thing? Are people just pulling people down and it's just a relatively new phenomena? Nope. Naysayers are everywhere. I'm a Christian, so my saviour is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had naysayers. Jesus Christ had naysayers in his own town. They question, who is this guy, you know, talking with authority? Isn't he Mary's son? So naysayers are not a new thing. They've been around for generations. What is new, I believe, in American history is that people seem to be listening to them today. They're speaking to their heart because they feel powerless. I want to share a couple of stories with you and I want to ask you a question. Did these people have naysayers? I'm going to take inspiration from your history from certain people I love. And I will start with a man that I love second to only Jesus Christ because I thought he is such a remarkable man and he's inspired me many, many days and in many different ways. General George Washington. When America declared their independence, 
George Washington was a very wealthy man, lived a comfortable lifestyle. Do you think when he said, I'm going to go join the Revolutionary War and I'm going to go fight the Hessians, do you think anyone thought, that isn't a good idea, you should kind of just stay and, you know, just stay in your comfortable lifestyle, you know, because it's not a guaranteed win, you'll probably lose, and if you lose, you'll be hung. Do you think people kind of said, just, just stay down and sit this one out, George? Or how about when he actually became general and he led his troops against the Hessians? And he lost battle after battle after battle. And he had to retreat and retreat and retreat. And then he had to survive that brutal winter. Do you think he had naysayers? Do you think his family had were naysayers? Do you think any of his friends kind of doubted him? Do you think his own troops had questions kind of going, we've lost so many battles, we kind of are not going to win here. Do you think he had naysayers? Well, that's 200 years ago, John. That was George Washington. He's different. Okay, fair enough. One of your greatest presidents ever, Abraham Lincoln. 1861, he's elected the Civil War, fighting slavery. Battle after battle, any gain the Union got was automatically lost. There were skirmishes, but no clear winner was being formed. Now fast forward to 1863. Still no real break in either side. And he starts thinking about, well, I have to win re-election. This battle is going nowhere. Thousands upon thousands of people have died. Do you think he had naysayers? Do you think he had people who go, you know what, just compromise with them. Just give in. Just just give up. Just, you know, work a compromise. We can we can make it work. Oh, but John, that's 150 years ago when the Civil War wasn't really over slavery. Okay, fair enough. Let me fast forward again. Another 100 years. Martin Luther King. Mr. I Have a Dream. Do you think he was met? Would welcomed with open arms and didn't have naysayers? Do you think everyone listened to his every word? Do you think people thought, yeah, that idea of non-violence, that's a good idea. That will get us equal rights against the, the whites. That will get us recognition if we're peaceful. Do you think he didn't have naysayers? Or did I just not read about Malcolm X? Oh, but that's different again. That's, that's 50 years ago. And they're all political kind of stories, John. What about other ones? Okay, fair enough. Let me give you two. Henry Ford, the creator of the production line and the Model T. Did he just wake up one day and have the Model T? Or did he fail several times before he got there? Do you think he didn't have naysayers after the first time he failed? Said, you failed once. You can't do it. Give up. Or how about the Wright brothers? And the Wright brothers are one of the more famous examples because they had direct competition for the first man-powered flight. Most people today don't know who Samuel Pierpoint Langley is. If you don't, I suggest you Google him. Fascinating story. But while the Wright brothers had no money, no attention, no capital, no attention, nothing, Samuel Pierpoint Langley had every, everything he needed best talent, best money, best opportunity and he was covered by the media 
Do you think everyone thought the Wright brothers were going to be successful going against this guy? The stories of history are of every one of those had naysayers. But you know what connects them all together? They didn't listen. They thought, I have a dream. I can make the world a better place. And what was the end result of all those stories? General Washington went on, helped win the American Revolution, went on to become your first president. Lincoln sadly went on to get assassinated but overcame slavery. MLK had a dream, sadly again he was assassinated, but made a huge impact on the civil rights movement. Henry Ford created the Model T and the Ford Company, and the Wright brothers created man-powered first flight. The history of naysayers is a long one. Every one of them, every one of you who want to do anything will have them. We must remember that while these men are giants of history, at the time of their troubles, they were mere mortals like you and me. What makes these men great is they refused to succumb to the naysayers. They ignored them. They kept dreaming. They kept thinking and dreaming that they could make a better tomorrow. I believe we must follow in their footsteps and their example. Because our future is in our hands today. I ask you, why can't America succeed and still have our best yet, days yet to come? Why can't that happen? I ask you to think about that when you get a chance. Now I'm sure people will point out, oh, look at the Iran deal, look at the economy, look at our debt, look at China, look at our troops. We need to remember these are human conditions. And these are just simply the challenges of this generation. Because I'm going to tell you today what I believe. Firstly, I testify to you today as a Christian. I worship the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And there is no limit to his powers. That even the most complex human problem you see today is like child's play to God. But to people who are maybe not Christian or not religious, I say this to you today. Look at America's history. Look at everything you have overcome in 200 short years. Your history proves one thing to me. That your nation, time and time again, has had major obstacles and challenges to face. But you have overcome them. Everything from overcoming the superpower of the day at your founding, to defeating again at 1812, dealing with the expansion out west, overcoming slavery, the Civil War, the Great Depression, the Wall Street Crash, World War One, World War Two, the Cold War, putting a man on the moon, 9-11, and everything in between. Your history inspires me and gives me inspiration to know, to dream for a better tomorrow, because you can do it. I beg you today, stop listening to the naysayers. Because everywhere you go, there will always be folks who want to bring you down. Who want to pull you down saying, you can't do that, you can't build that. Ignore them. Be the change. You can do it. But rise above the hate and fight with love. 
Because Thomas Paine was right. We do have it within our own power to change the world. Because I testify to you today, there are only three things on this earth that can never be beaten if we believe in them. God, love and freedom. They are the only three things that cannot be beaten if we truly believe in them. I'm almost out of time America today and I want to finish up with one last important point and it goes to your culture. This show will make several stands and one thing I will do regardless of what anyone thinks at the end of every show I will salute your firefighters, your police, your emergency personnel and your vets. Now this may be not popular to some. It sickens me to see the lack of respect, of gratitude and love that we see today in the media and in the culture against all these people. When I think of these people, what do I think? I think of honour. I think of courage doing something I don't have the guts to do. I think of sacrifices, all the sacrifices they make monetarily, family, culture, friends. But I also think of service and duty and brotherhood. But also the pain and suffering they go through when they lose a colleague. The reason I love and respect these more and more every day is because when they leave the house they truly don't know if they will make it back sure that can be said for just about anybody I could get I could leave the house tomorrow and get beaten up or get robbed or get knocked down or something world catastrophe could happen but for these folks it's an even bigger risk for police even a routine traffic stop could go horribly horribly wrong firefighters they never know when they're going to have to run into the next burning building and emergency personnel caring for people with no hope that must be soul crushing I beg you let's be part of a generation that respects the cops, the firefighters the emergency personnel and the vets these truly are heroes of today heroes don't come with a number on a jersey they come with a number on a badge these are heroes and if you cannot help please respect those who do help and by the way when wrong is done we will address that but let's not condone every policeman or firefighter for the wrongs of one person and lastly for your vets the people who affect me most and the people who I love heroes, humble people who want to help you have a saying in America if you love freedom, thank a vet well I've adopted that for Europe and I say it every chance I get if you live in mainland Europe and you don't speak German thank a US vet because that's who you deserve that's what your country and your vets deserve they are called the greatest generation for a reason I leave you today saluting your firefighters your police your emergency personnel your vets and you the american people and i leave you with one last challenge 
I want you to think of why you love America and tell everyone you can at every opportunity you get. Be part of the change. Culture changes by you. God bless you and I will see you next week. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.